1: Good morning. It is Friday, October 13th. It's five minutes after 11. This is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Israeli military forces ordering 1.1 million people in Gaza to evacuate. That's a sign that Israel is setting up a ground operation against Hamas. According to U.S. officials, at least 27 Americans have been killed in Israel since Hamas launched that assault last weekend. Another 14 U.S. citizens remain missing and at least 2,800 people in Israel. Israel and Gaza have been killed in the conflict and thousands more have been injured.
0: Uh, So at some point, Israel is going to have to unleash the fury, right? I mean, they've they've done the warning. They have said, if you are not a part of Hamas, Mm -hmm. if you're not part of what took place, you got X amount of time to get out of here, and then we are coming in and uh, now the thing with Hamas is they have been well known to trap these innocent civilians in houses, et cetera, in order to try to provide cover to go. Oh no no no! Can't 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 fire your rocket here. Oh oh no no no! There's women and children over here. You can't you can't do that. Look, this may be callous to say, but if you are Israel, y- you have given them ample warning. Unfortunately, some people are likely to not get out. And let's face it, the reality is they are using those hostages as leverage mm-hmm. but part of being a, a leader is you have to make difficult choices and the reality is that you're likely going to just have to move forward and unfortunately every loss of human life when it is an innocent civilian is terrible and horrible but you, you you've got to fight back I mean you've got it's just it's a horrible 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 situation that Netanyahu and this this you know uh unity ca- unity government are in over there but the reality is people from your country are being held hostage they are probably going to die regardless i mean if we're just being frank about this obviously hamas is threatening to cut people on and kill people on live television they don't have any regard for these people. They're using them as hostages. Mm-hmm. They're using them as leverage. And you as Israel have to stop this from ever happening again. And the only way to do that is just level everything in your path.
1: Well, yeah, and that includes all the way down to the ground and including the tunnels, because a lot of these buildings now can be used uh, for snipers. If you really want to free the people of Palestine, you have to free them from yeah. Hamas. So you're right,
0: 100, 100%. You, you have to... You have to stop it here. You have tried for generations to broker some sort of peace with these people. It's never going to happen. It hasn't happened for 5,000-plus years. It is not going to happen now. It is not going to happen tomorrow. It is not going to happen five years from now. This has to be the moment. If killing 1,000 of your people isn't the moment, then you might as well just pack it up as a country. Like This has to be the time you put an into this.
1: I've also been seeing reports now that Hezbollah is getting involved, and, and even Syria, perhaps, which is ISIS.
0: Well, look, I mean, it's going to be a gigantic region-wide conflict. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is going to cost, I mean, again, just being honest, and that's what we do here, is going to cost a lot of people their lives. It is going to cost a lot of military members their lives, in, in all likelihood. Hopefully, you know, it's 30-to-1 terrorist to Israeli soldiers, uh, and it'll likely become a large international conflict that will take many, many years to to sort out, and nothing good is ultimately going to come of it.
1: Okay, so the Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, he had that joint press conference with the Prime Minister of Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu, and Blinken said, as long as America exists, we will be by Israel's side.
0: Anyone who wants peace and justice must condemn Hamas' reign of terror. We know Hamas doesn't represent the Palestinian people or their legitimate aspirations to live with equal measures of security, freedom, justice, opportunity, and dignity. We know Hamas, instead of promoting the well-being of its citizens, rules repressively and dedicates the resources it has to terror tunnels and rockets. We know Hamas didn't commit its heinous acts with the interests of Palestinian people in mind. We know Hamas does not stand for the future that Palestinians want for themselves and for their children. Hamas has only one agenda. To destroy Israel and to murder Jews. Perfectly said, the problem is the base of the Democrat Party does not agree with that. Mm -hmm. That, He's right. He's 100% right. The problem is the people who elected your guy president, and we saw him on Monument Circle yesterday, Casey, they don't agree with that. They do not. They do. Many of them do not believe Israel has a right to exist, period, that Jews have a right to exist, period. And they certainly are pro-Hamas in this equation, because as we talked about with Tony Kennett earlier, mm-hmm. you can't separate Hamas and Palestine. You can't say free Palestine. No, – you're saying free Hamas. That's what you're saying, because that's who controls the region.
1: A United Nations spokesperson said it's going to be impossible to evacuate all these civilians without oh, yeah. devastating humanitarian consequences. Quite definitely. Uh, that's something that's also going to cost a lot of money. Alan uh, Dershowitz, he had something to say about it. He was uh, discussing the complexities of this conflict. you imagine if a single student group had said anything critical of black people, of gay people,
2: of transgender people? Of women, the president of Harvard would be on a megaphone immediately saying this is not this is not Harvard. We don't stand for that, you know, free speech. Maybe you they're allowed to say it, but we certainly don't agree with it. No, did the president of Harvard say anything? No. Did Barack Obama say anything? I've been checking the internet every half an hour to see what Barack Obama says about this. He's the guy who called me into the Oval Office in the run-up to the 2012 election and said, Alan, you know me, you've known me for years. You know I would never lie. You know I have Israel's back. Yeah, I didn't realize that he had Israel's back to paint the target on it. But where is he now? Not a single word, not a syllable.
1: And that's a guy who actually worked at Harvard. Yeah. He's talking about all the students who wrote that letter. So the names and the faces of the Harvard students linked to that anti-Israel statement have been plastered on trucks that are driving around the area. And now uh, CEOs are coming out and asking for those names to be released because they're saying, we don't want to hire those people.
0: It's interesting. Like France shut down the protests. I mean, I thought that was interesting. I did want to play one more clip. So Cornel West, who's running for president, Mm -hmm. It was on Sean Hannity the other night and Cornel West is going to be a real problem for the Democrats because Cornel West is much closer to the base of the Democrat Party than than Biden is. And he is essentially pro. Hamas.
1: Well, he said in an interview with Politico that Israel and the United States are primarily responsible for the violence that's taking place over in Gaza. And and
0: he gets on national TV, gets on places like Fox News, and he pushes this narrative, which is true, which is is there are a lot of people in the Democrat Party who believe that Israel is the is the bad guy. Here's that. uh, Here's that back and forth. The words were that Israel's policies of war crimes and collective punishment against Palestinians I'll read set it a you. Context. Israel and the United States are must primarily take responsibility responsible for killing innocent people. Anybody who kills innocent people are engaging in barbaric acts. You said no Israel, who they all call color, what nation and so forth. Israel and the United States are primarily and The United States responsible. have supported and enabled. You explain to these, this audience. I want you to explain. How, how is Israel and the United States responsible for beheading 40 children? How? I'm talking about the context. 545 Palestinian children died in August 2004, not one American said a word. I believe a Palestinian baby has the same value as an Israeli baby. So when you have that kind of vicious hatred and revenge, you get responsive hatred and revenge. They are all wrong. They're all war crimes. They're all to be condemned. But you cannot simply look at this particular moment without the larger backdrop of an ugly occupation and the ugly attacks chronically against Palestinians. Those are not your words. Largely right. Israel and the United States. Are primarily responsible for this attack, and, and he is—he is exactly where those people on Monument Circle were yesterday, Casey. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is not some voice in the woods. Cornel West represents millions of, of hard-left Democrat voters, mm-hmm. usually Democrat voters, and it's going to be fascinating to see if indeed Biden continues this down this path that we are Team Israel which he doesn't really have a choice because the outcry would be so loud if indeed he tried to in some way justify what happened Those people are crazy enough that they will leave Mm -hmm. and likely vote for someone else, whether it's Robert F. Kennedy or Colonel West or whoever.
1: And you're talking about the base. And this goes to this Gallup poll that was released in March. It says that older generations remain sympathetic to Israel, but there are younger generations like millennials and Gen Z. They're almost evenly split on whether they align more with Israel or with Palestine. But I'll say it again. If you want to free Palestine, you need to free them from Hamas and that indoctrination
0: yeah. All right. So there's a big event coming up tomorrow, mm-hmm. right? Isn't yeah. Isn't there something big happening tomorrow?
1: Oh, you're talking about uh, the astronaut that we're speaking to.
0: Yes. So there is a, a huge... Ring of fire. Ring of fire. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have Eric Christian. He yep. is a NASA senior research scientist to uh, tell us all about the annual, annular, annular, Casey. Annular. Try to say that easy. Annular yep. eclipse. Yep. You can see it tomorrow, hopefully.
1: Yeah. We're going to find out how you can view it safely.
0: When you can view it right yep. here in central Indiana, the ring, ring of fire. Let's learn about it next.
1: It's kind of like Casey, on 93 WIBC. Sunny. WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show, and Rob. Yes. Let's talk about something going on in the sky this weekend. Oh,
0: how exciting, Casey! You know how I love things in the sky. Yeah.
1: Well, we're in for a special treat when the moon is going to move in front of the sun, and this is blocking sunlight and creating what is called a ring of fire in the sky. Just
0: the name alone says I must participate in this. This, Is it it dangerous to my health?
1: Well, I hope not, but. we're going to find out. We have a uh, a professional, somebody who knows all oh. about this. Eric Christian is on the phone with us, and he is a NASA senior research oh, scientist. Yeah. We have an expert. So, Eric, can you tell us what is an annular solar eclipse? What are we going to see? What is this ring of fire?
2: So, the moon blocks the sun once or twice a year somewhere on the planet. This one is what's called an annual eclipse because the moon is further from the Earth than it is on average. And it's a little bit smaller, so it doesn't block the entire sun the way it would during a total solar eclipse mm-hmm. so you get a ring of the sun still peeking out from behind the moon and that's what we call the ring of fire
0: all right eric so i ask the same question every time when i'm told something extravagant is having happening when is it and how much how much time do i have to observe the thing
2: so it's starting this morning uh, tomorrow morning uh, saturday and it'll be about three hours long oh, for the entire you know for the entire partial eclipse um only a path that goes from Oregon to Texas will be able to see the full ring of fire, but the entire country can at least see a partial solar eclipse tomorrow.
1: now, how can we safely view this ring of fire? so the sun can really damage your eyes,
2: and so you need to use either. Approved eclipse glasses, which are a special filter that blocks most of the light from the sun, or anybody can use indirect methods. All it takes is a pinhole or something like a colander or a spoon with holes in it. And if you hold that over, especially something white, so you can see the bright spots that come through, in those bright spots, you will actually see the shadow of the moon. Mm-hmm. A bite out of the sun.
0: Uh, Casey, before I ask this next award-winning question, would you like to introduce (laughs) our guest?
1: Yeah, this is Eric Christian, and he is a NASA senior research scientist.
0: Now, okay, so there's obviously a big event tomorrow morning. He said you've got about three hours. Eric, do we know the time window here? Like, we're Eastern time. Do we know what time
2: window we have? Yeah, so so it looks like um, Indiana will be... 10, 11 o'clock or 11 o'clock will be you'll be into it and about Perfect. noon is I think the 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 peak oh plenty of time for me to get up Casey yes. I don't even have to
0: rearrange my day so Eric I'm curious you know you put NASA and you're uh, you're very important there that sound you know somebody works for NASA you know hey they're smarter than you I'm curious <laughs> Eric like what do you guys learn from an event like this what are you trying to learn or is there anything you're trying to learn from this
2: so this is uh, an interesting event and a lot of fun. I've seen three total eclipses, and this is going to be my first annular eclipse. But there is science that NASA does for from this. Even the partial eclipses and annular eclipses, NASA, for example, tomorrow is going to launch three sounding rockets above the upper atmosphere to see how the atmosphere responds to this very sudden loss of the sun's energy. That helps us model the Earth's atmosphere better and helps us with weather prediction.
1: Okay, now this is different from the eclipse that is coming up in April. Now, there's a big event coming up in April, so big, in fact, that they're planning a big event out at the Speedway, Mm -hmm. like a viewing party. So what's the difference between what is happening tomorrow around 11 and what we're going to see in in Indianapolis, central Indiana, is going to be in the direct path of this big eclipse that's coming up in April? What's the difference?
2: So in April, April 8th, you're going to see a total solar eclipse, and that's when the moon is big enough to block the entire sun. It'll actually get quite dark in um, Indianapolis, and... You can take your your eclipse glasses off and look at the sun because the sun is completely blocked by the moon. And what you'll see, it's the only time with your eye you can see the atmosphere of the sun, the solar
1: corona streaming away from the sun. It is a really cool experience. Uh, Eric, we appreciate your time so much explaining the ring of fire that people in Indianapolis and throughout central Indiana can see. Don't look right at it. tomorrow. tomorrow. Eric
0: told you, do not
1: look right at it. Yeah, look at your paper to see it. Uh, But if somebody wants to learn more or do more research on their own about this, Eric, where do you recommend that they go? So the NASA website, uh, nasa.gov slash eclipse,
2: has lots of information on both these solar eclipses and can point you to a lot of other places on the Internet to find what you
1: need. Well, we appreciate your time, Eric Christian, NASA Senior Research Scientist. Uh, Enjoy your afternoon, and uh, we won't be looking at the sun tomorrow, the ring of fire, unless we look at our paper. Okay, great. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you. Enjoy. Yeah. No clouds, hopefully. (laughs) You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Keytruda, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Keytruda, and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Hilarious, Kevin. Hilarious. Uh, Good song.
0: Don't act like it hadn't crossed your mind, Casey.
1: (laughs) So, Rob, you're taking Tuesday off, and you had mentioned that you and G are going to go down to Brown County and spend some time, and uh, you had invited me, and and then I, in turn, invited Kevin and said, hey, let's have family day down there. And you suggested that Kevin and I carpool and that I I would be like Mrs. Robinson to him. Well, you
0: were talking about drinking, about I going to I,
1: I said, Yeah, we can go out, and grab some lunch, grab a beverage, a cocktail. Uh-huh. I wasn't saying let's get you can loaded. Spend, you can
0: spend ninety-three minutes looking at the wine menu at the local townie bar. <laughs> yeah, no, I just I just said, Kev, if, if you if you've ever wanted to take your take your opportunity, mm. Casey's clearly. <laughs> Look, I just really like the song. Okay. <laughs>
1: sure. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Hey, let's talk about what happened in Brownsburg last night. They scheduled their public input meeting with one one week notice, Rob. Oh
0: my gosh, Casey. Uh, This is our theme for today, and I put this out on Twitter last night at Rob M. Kendall. You have never lived, Casey, until you have seen four grown men, uh, multiple of them who spent the past several weeks trying to tell everyone that I was lying about raising taxes, be forced to admit that they are raising the tax rate that your taxes are going to go up. But then Casey, so the evolution was <laughs> that's not true. Rob is lying. Then it, but then these people, they have to know by now that if you open your gums in the town in which I live in Brownsburg, it's going to get back to me. But it was Rob's lying. Mm-hmm. Then it was Rob isn't telling the whole story. Rob doesn't understand. <laughs> yeah, the tax rate's going up, but it's not going to raise the taxes. Okay, the taxes are going up, but they went b- down last year, so it doesn't matter. And then last night it was, yeah, the tax rate is going up. Yes, the taxes are going up, but it's not our fault, and it's not that big a deal. So that was the – this is the – when we when we talk about the, the little hell hole in which I live over there on the west side, Brownsburg, if you need a single-family high-density housing development next to a warehouse, that's the place for you. Uh, we do this because these sorts of things are happening – all over central Indiana. These local governments are run by some of the dumbest people and some of the most dishonest and, quite frankly, disgusting people alive. Like if anyone knows how to read a municipal government budget, mm-hmm. it is me, Casey. <laughs> and I think whatever you think about me, people understand I know local governments and I know how the government works. And so for them to get caught red-handed and go, no, he's dishonest. No, he's just he's just stirring the pot. He just he stirs the pot. Casey, he does this for ratings and clicks. Yeah, like, like my ratings depend on to- talking about how inept you people are. And then to get caught red-handed mm-hmm. and go, well, it was beyond our control. Let us explain to you about how local governments work. You were mansplaining? Let us explain to you mm-hmm. about how, well, you don't understand. <laughs> no, I understand totally how it works. <laughs> and you people lied. Instead of just owning up mm-hmm. and saying, we're addicted to bright, shiny objects, we want uh, aquatic centers. We gave, remember, they gave themselves those big old gigantic mm-hmm. raises. Mm-hmm. Remember that little piece of property they bought there on uh, Main Street that the councilman Ben Lacey didn't disclose that he owned the property right next to. I mean, millions of dollars there with that. Isn't I'm just saying, we're doing this, we're totally addicted to bright, shiny objects. We believe that we'll enrich ourselves with the raises and we'll buy ourselves into love and support. We're, it's legalized vote buying and you don't like it, run against us in the next election. They fib to people and they, Rob's misleading. Rob's Rob's well, not telling you the whole story. Until they
1: had the controller come to the meeting yes. and say, well, no, it will cost about an extra $50 <laughs> per then, household.
0: And then the narrative last night switches to, well, it's not our fault, our budget decreased. no, let us explain, like like the tax raising ferry came and left a giant tax increase <laughs> for the people of the town of Brownsburg under everyone's pillow mm-hmm. and that the people who actually vote on the budget have nothing to do with it. And then the totally flippant attitude about, well, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, you know, look, uh, our department heads, they, they made cuts, they tried really hard. I am so sick of this flippant attitude towards other people's stuff and other people's money. And if you're gonna do it, just man up and to see four grown ass men, Mm -hmm. uh, just with the the lamest excuses you have ever seen, and then just to be totally dismissive about it, this is why our country's in the shape it's in. It's governments across the board. Town employees, oh, they're getting 8% raises. Did you get an 8% raise this year, Casey? No. Why should the people who work in the government, who are dependent upon the people whose taxes pay the government, do better than the people in the government? Oh, and then it's not a raise, Casey. It's an adjustment. It's an Adjustment. Because an adjustment. What they didn't—they didn't get any during COVID. Oh, but they still got their job. They still got their perf. They still got their retirement, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But it's an adjustment, Casey. Then it gets even better. <laughs> So, you know, they've been fibbing to people about how they actually care about input on this giant aquatic center, which they're totally lying to people about that it'll only cost $18 million. I talked to the guy last night who designed the pool in Plainfield. He said that was $25 million, and hell, that was over a decade ago. Have things gotten cheaper or more expensive, Casey? More expensive. So they have finally said oh yeah okay we're gonna have a a meeting for public input Mm -hmm. because I've said I will fill the room with people who are going to tell you they don't want your stupid pool that you admit is going to lose money you know when they scheduled the meeting for Casey when everyone's on fall break when everyone's on fall break a week from now (laughs) and they sit up there with a straight face and act like they give two dams about what you or anyone else has to say these people are gross they're disgusting governments across the Board are doing this. And my friend in state government who told me this two years ago is absolutely right. The lesson of COVID, when people didn't fight back, is these disgusting little ingrates know that you, they can get away with about whatever they want. They can lie to you, they can mislead you, they can deceive you, and they don't believe you will fight back because you didn't fight back when the government took everything from you. So the only recourse I have, Casey, yeah. is to come on this little radio show mm-hmm. that I'm sure there's only probably three or four people listening right yes. now. Your, your dad, my mom. And tell mm-hmm. the people from Illinois to Ohio and all points in between, yeah. whatever you do, Don't come to Brownsburg because those people are some of the most dishonest people alive, and they will have absolutely no problem stealing as much of your money as they think they can get away with, and they will totally lie to you and mislead you and deceive you and stab you in the back. If you're thinking about opening a business, go somewhere else. If you're thinking about buying a home, go somewhere else, because the people who run that community, they hate you, and they believe your money is theirs.
1: Okay, so your public input meeting is next Thursday. (laughs) You get a brief presentation at 6, and then an open house between 6 30 and 8 you can find all about the <laughs> one Aquatic week Casey, Center. and
0: everyone's on fall break mm-hmm.
1: one <laughs> week okay coming up next we're going to speak with uh susan beckwith it's time for our friday segment of mind your manners and we're going to talk about travel etiquette that is on the way from 93 wibc life is full of things to manage your work your family your plans and your treatment consider Key Sempta like
0: i'm losing i'm losing 93 wibc it is the kendall and casey show and rob casey's here at o casey it's time to wrap up the the week here Mm -hmm. by making our audience better people
1: yes exactly susan beckwith is going to join us for our mind your manners segment yes
0: this is where we send you into the weekend uh, with rules for the road to be better more Well, more well-behaved members of society.
1: But in this case, rules for the sky, perhaps.
0: Airplane etiquette, because, of course, Susan was just out in California along with her husband. And, Susan, many people know by now, your husband, Micah, he got an albatross at the very (laughs) famous Spyglass uh, golf course, which an albatross is one of the rarest things in all of golf. He got a two on a par five. How insufferable was Micah for the remainder of the trip?
3: He was so excited, which I had never even heard of an albatross. So as he is texting me, I'm getting this at lunch, and I'm like, oh, he seems very excited. <laughs> so uh, I quickly uh, received an education from some sweet patrons that were at the restaurant we were dining. So uh, he, was, he was so elated. <laughs>
0: uh, here's the thing. Okay, so he got invited to go out there, and he got to play Spyglass, which is very famous. He got to play Pebble Beach, which is very famous. Now, I got invited to go to this IFI dinner tomorrow night, which I'm very grateful for. Why am I not getting invited to go to the, the <laughs> events with the famous golf courses? <laughs>
3: Oh, wow. This is our second year that we've gone, and I will say, Pebble Beach, and specifically in at Spanish Bay, is absolutely beautiful. So, if you ever do get an opportunity to get out there, I highly recommend it. But I'm I'm curious. We are going to be talking specifically about airplane etiquette. Rob, I don't know if I've ever asked this, but I I believe you do not like to fly. Oh, no.
1: That's right. He doesn't get invited. Yes.
3: Okay, yes. Okay, so I'm like, how would you get there? I mean, it was a really long trek, even flying.
0: Susan, we have these things. They're called automobiles. And to play Pebble Beach, I would drive through the Sahara (laughs) Desert. I would be like the Beatles in the Yellow Submarine movie in order to get to Pebble Beach. So, yes, I would absolutely figure out a way to get there.
3: Well, I was thinking about, like, you went to Vegas in the last few years. Did you drive?
0: Uh, No, I got on on the death tube, and it was horrific and awful, but I went for my honeymoon. My honeymoon in Pebble Beach, that's about it.
1: Oh, no, I'm just thinking about you driving
0: across the country that far. (laughs) Casey, to play Pebble Beach for free, I would get on my knees and crawl to California. (laughs) All right, so tell us about airplane etiquette. What's the number one thing people need to uh, keep in mind when they board the death tube?
3: Well, there's a lot that could be covered to be, you know, a really like the, all the golden rules of travel. But I'm going to just talk about the ones that I feel strongly about. So uh, one of the things that I noticed on the airplane is I encountered a few people that had very strong um, cologne, and so I love cologne as well as perfume. But some people have very um, are very sensitive to that. So I think that is something to be mindful, and that's really easy just to abstain when traveling so that you don't impact others. I can't sense. believe you have to
0: say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like I can't. Yeah. I'm listening to you say that and go, yeah, that's the most well done thing ever. But you do apparently you do have to say it because people don't obey the, that rule.
3: Yes, we were actually reviewing some of these as we were boarding our flight back in um, in Minneapolis last night, and a gentleman was like, oh, absolutely, and he was like, and the other thing that was terrible is one time I was flying, and somebody next to me brought a meal with them, and it was
1: salmon, and he was Whoa. like, it's so bad. <laughs> that happened to me, Susan. Somebody brought a tinfoil package and unwrapped it, and there was like a tuna salad in there. <laughs> I think it's so wild.
3: I don't like fish, so I would feel very strongly about that as well. Especially if it was a very long flight and you had to be, you know, sit next to them. So just being really aware of odor, mm-hmm. um, what's cologne, perfume, whatever you're eating, just being very cognizant that that could really negatively impact those
1: around you. Susan Beckwith is joining us for our Mind Your Manners segment. We're talking about traveling etiquette, specifically on the airplane. Now I have to imagine, Susan, that conversely, you want to make sure that you have proper hygiene so you don't smell the other kind of smell. Absolutely. We were also talking about that because I haven't traveled
3: a ton internationally, but Nathan has, and he was saying that traveling in India, (laughs) um, that, you know, he experienced, um, you know, some encounters where they may feel differently about deodorant and, you know, so uh, yes, being aware of just Um, your, your personal hygiene, but also we don't want to be doing any sort of personal grooming though, while we are actually flying. So that is something, uh, you know, we want to abstain from. So no clipping of nails, none of that.
0: (laughs) This is, and see, this is why, this is why Susan, I don't fly. Well, it's one of many reasons, but this is why. I don't have any of these issues. I want to go somewhere. There's no delays. There's no your flight isn't on time. There's no some guy groped you at the TSA. It is I get in my car and I go. I don't have to worry about somebody stinking next to me. I don't have to worry about somebody with three-day-old salmon for lunch. I don't have to worry about any of this in my car.
3: I do look forward to flying. I, I'm like one of those rare people that kind of gets excited to almost dress up for it. I am a rare bird, I guess, in that regard, because most people are about you know comfort and they truly dread it. But I don't do it a ton, so I, I enjoy when we get to go.
1: Now, Susan, you mentioned uh, comfort, but you also said don't be clipping your nails and doing your grooming <laughs> while you're flying. So I'm I don't know if it's on your list, but is keep your shoes on your feet on your etiquette list? It is. And keeping your socks on. And (laughs) it it, it, it makes (laughs)
3: think <laughs> to me that people would be so brazen, <laughs> but I have some, uh, photographic proof that I send to you guys via a link today of people that are truly have been photographed in the act, you know, breaking several of these rules and it just is, uh, mind boggling. So uh, yes, there's that there's that,
0: there's that, there's that hilarious line, uh, scene in planes, trains and automobiles when they get on the plane and John Candy takes his shoes off and his yes. socks mm-hmm. and he's whipping them around. I mean, so that, yeah, that really happens on the air airplanes.
3: That's such a great movie. And speaking of movies, uh, Christina and I were talking, and her, the person that sitting next to her, they did have earphones in, which was great, but it was still so loud that she couldn't hear what she was trying to listen to. So just even being mindful of how, your volume, definitely not listening to anything on just open speaker without having any earbuds, you know, just being very courteous in that regard.
0: Uh, Susan, back with our guest. couple minutes left with her. It's the Mind Your Manners segment, Airplane etiquette kit today okay so when we were coming home on the death tube uh they hit what is that called where the plane gets a little jittery turbulence, turbulence. and of course my wife is like Wee, this is so much fun and i'm like oh my gosh we're all going to die um and the people behind us were just hooting and hollering and having a good time and they were making fake you know oh we're going down You shouldn't be doing that on an airplane because people like me really believe they're going down.
3: (laughs) Yes, not inciting any more anxiety. I appreciate that. Oh, goodness. I will say I I rode almost every trip in the middle seat, and so I was very happy to let everybody know that the person in the middle is privy to both
1: armrests. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) Yes!
3: (laughs) Yes! <laughs> so uh
1: <laughs> totally agree with you susan i feel like the person by the window can lean against the window and the person by the aisle can kind of lean out into the aisle so that means middle yes. seat gets both armrests if they want exactly no. now there was
3: a sort of a I don't know. It's been a little while ago, but there was a a big story that kind of blew up and about airplane etiquette regarding whether or not you have to move and it, it, like a family if they're separated, like mm-hmm. you are required and and you are not. You 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 are not required. But I think if you can, that that is something that is very kind and considerate. So you don't technically have to by etiquette rules, but I feel like if it is an option and it's not too much of an inconvenience, that is truly a nice thing to do
0: hey before we let you go what's the rule on who gets the window seat because i told my wife you know you can have the window seat if there was i think there was a time maybe where he had it. i don't exactly recall but I would want to be nowhere near that window seat because I don't want to see anything going on out there. I just want to assume that I'm in. Once the plane gets up, that I'm in some sort of, uh, you know, uh, just, uh, just uh, some somewhere that I'm not way up in the sky. You like to remove yourself from the situation, huh? What's what is what is the rules on who gets the window seat and how how adamant should you be about getting the window seat?
3: Well, I think because you typically get to pick your seats in advance. I'm like you, Rob. I would actually prefer the aisle any day, but mm-hmm. I just feel like I have more space, and I can be slightly claustrophobic. <laughs> so I think you know, um, if if you haven't selected in advance, I would say just whoever has you know the most desire, to, and it would not be either you or I. So we would be in good shape. <laughs>
0: uh, okay, tell us about the very fabulous Bell of the Midwest uh, Facebook page and website.
3: Yes. Okay. So on my website, you're going to find blog articles that really um, are specific to social etiquette, anything from telephone etiquette, tipping etiquette, um, lots of different topics. So be sure to check it out, share with your friends so that I can connect with more folks. If you're wanting to see really regular content, anything from entertaining, hosting, hospitality, fashion, um, be sure to uh, like and follow my Spell of the Midwest Facebook page.
0: Bell of the Midwest, B-E-L-L-E of the Midwest dot com. And you find it on Facebook page as well. Susan Beckwith, you're the best. Thank you.
1: Have a great weekend. Yeah, you too. And that's going to do it for us today. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. And mostly thank you for listening today. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.